This is the S Ra podcast. I'm getting this one a little late to you, but I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it to you. I'm not gonna miss this week for fights because this is a big week for fights. And it got bigger with the late replacement. It got it came bigger, but it's you got a pay per view, right? Which people are gonna once again argue whether it should pay per view or not. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the price point. Probably not, but I'm gonna pay it. Every time they say something's this gonna be this price, I'm like, you probably could have got me for an extra ten. But let's get right to it. Let's get to Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios. Keith Thurman coming back after a two-year layoff. For a guy that's had another a two-year layoff before. And you gotta think about Keith Thurman. Um when you start, you know, thinking about his reign as champion at Welterweight, it's it's the the resume isn't as isn't as deep as you think it as you would think it would be, right? His wins over Sean Porter and a win over Danny Garcia. Those are really his biggest wins. And there's not a lot of, you know, at least notable names. I mean, you got Robert Guerrero that isn't, you know, exactly Robert Guerrero that Floyd beat. Um, and now Keith Urban looking to go on his, you know, final run. And this is, as far as, a, you know, what, at least what Keith Thurman really thinks it is. At least what a lot of people are going to take it as. This is a tuna fight for Keith Thurman. Now it's a good opponent for a tuna fight. I give you that. And Mario Barrios, who was did have some success um, against Tank, Javante uh, Tank Davis, did, did show that. And before that was considered a you know a prospect coming up. Uh, did show some skill. Did show some ability. Show some promise. And he ran. He lost to a great fighter, and in a fight that was competitive back and forth. Now he's booed up in weight. Um, because he felt like, you know, he was taking too much from himself at 140. And he's going to go to 147. And he's got a tough test ahead of him. But it's a test that makes sense because Keith Thurman's been out of the ring for two years. This is the last time he fought, he lost to Manny Pacquiao. Now, I think that uh, the Manny Pacquiao fight was a lot closer than people, you know, maybe want to admit or remember. Because really, when, in that fight, you just... Because Pacquiao won, that's the storyline. It's just like Manny Pacquiao, at, a, at an older age, beat, you know, the top 147 guy at the time. So Keith Thurman's back. He's looking to make a final run. He's got Mario Bars in front of him. In Keith Thurman's mind, this is a tune-up. So what I'm curious, right, is that if Keith Thurman, who had a similar experience before when he fought Jose Lopez, came out to your layoff, struggles, right? Say that he is a guy that really relies on being sharp with his rhythm and his timing. And when you come back, a lot of things are missing. It's going to be your rhythm and your timing. And he struggles, and this is, turns out to be a kind of competitive fight. And in the middle rounds, right, Keith uh, Mario Bars is still in there, and maybe he's starting to pick it up a little bit. And Keith Thurman realized that he's not going to walk away here with like the impressive victory as far as being, you know, dominant as far as showing like, you know, looking like the old Keith Thurman who should be running through a guy like Mario Barrios, right? Does that start playing a factor in his head? And does he start to wilt due to knowing that he's just not going to get that impressive performance? And knowing that, you know, he had to take a break for boxing for two years. And there the rumors of him not taking the training camp too serious for Manny Pacquiao. And having to take a break from two years before because of injuries. Right? In a sport that, you know, if he had to take this long a break and, to, and kind of had to be convinced to come back and wait this long, you know, 
does he really love it anymore? Does he really want to do this anymore? And if he feels like, hey, I'm not even having the performance I want against Mario Barros, does he just kind of give in and say, I'm not, I don't have this anymore? And Mario Barros is able to pull the late rounds, if not, you know, get a stoppage. Now, we talk about Keith Thurman, we're talking about a guy that when he was at his best, they called him one time, when he got to like the top, of the welterweight division he wasn't one time anymore and actually i've said this on a podcast i've said this on twitter he hasn't had a knockout tk a ko or tko in eight years he hasn't been one time in some time so when he was at his best right he was able to uh be bouncing in the ring um and when you came in, he was able to respond and he was able to have great timing, have great pinpoint shots and have the legs to bounce back out of range to where he could set himself up to uh, see the shots that you have coming and be able to place his. When he fought Jose Lopes when he came back, he didn't have the exact same bounce. So his timing wasn't exactly there. Even though he did drop Jose Lopes early, as the fight went on and his legs got tired, he didn't have that anymore. He really is relying on being bouncy on his feet. That's very important. If he can, He's going to need to make sure that he gets that going early in this fight. If he gets that going early, this could be an easier night for him. You know what I mean? If he, if he gets that and Barrios is kind of just forced to kind of chase Thurman and walk into shots, it's, it's, it's going to end up being an easier night for him. Now, Mauro Barrios, who is just really great at anything there's not really one thing you can say like oh he's great at boxing but he's a guy that's going to come in shape he's a guy that's going to come focused he's going to be sharp for what he can do now he's not the most creative uh striker in the world right he's not the most creative puncher in the world but his, his shots are straight there's fundamentals behind it he's going to use technique um i do notice that with his leg movement he kind of can't punch mid leg movement which takes away from creativity takes away from uh at least the timing of things, he kind of needs a reset to get going. Um, and when he fought, when he fought Tank Davis, this was, Tank Davis kind of figured this out later in the fight. It was like, hey, when he's moving, I can just attack. He does not have anything to offer me. Now, when he is set, he could be pretty pinpoint. He could be pretty fast. And his, his shots are straight. And I'm curious is that if he can get this fight to where he's able to, slowly gradually move forward on Keith Thurman Keith Thurman doesn't have the bounce of his legs anymore and he's able to pinpoint and pick his shots he could be very dangerous in that position when he's set with his legs his hands become faster he sees the opponent pretty good and he gets kind of precise with the shots now there is a thing with the chin right and we're saying one time hasn't been one time in some time but Barrows did just get folded by Tank Davis, but it is Tank Davis. But it's a Tank Davis, it's a small Tank Davis. Tank Davis is really a lightweight, 135. We were talking about Mario Barros at 147, and a guy that Thurman maybe isn't the as great as a power puncher as his nickname would suggest, but has some pop, right? Is it, He couldn't hold up to Tank at 140. Why at 147 are we to believe that his, suddenly he's going to hold up a lot better, right? When he was even dropped by a body shot. When he was kind of dropped by every clean shot the tank landed. Well, he thinks, I drained myself to get to 140. So 147, I'll be able to absorb more. Have my doubts about that. I think the lot of, um, 
I have my doubts about it, but I do think that Thurman's power is a little bit overblown. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, like I said, it's been eight years. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Is it, wait, 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 yeah, it's been eight years. And that's eight fights that he hasn't gotten a TKO or KO. That's a, why do why does eight years sound like too much? Like I, I feel like I'm messing up the stat now. Let's let's take a look. Let's take a look. I have it right here. We'll look at Keith Thurman. I don't want I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to be just, just talking. I don't want to just talk. So let's look at Keith Thurman I'm going to box rec. Okay, we are 2022. The last time he got nine years. Oh, yeah, last time. Yes, it was 2013. Yes, eight years. Okay, 2013. A little more than that. Okay, so since 2013, he has not gotten a KO or TKO. So at this level, right, the highest level of welterweight, weight, he's not been one time. But he's a guy that's more, to me, more confident, could be more creative if he's sharp. And that's how, kind of how I see this fight going. I see Barrios losing a lot of earlier rounds because he's going to be more He's going to play it more safe. He's going to look to more figure out what's going on in the fight. And I think Thurman, who's got confidence and really believes in he believes in his power, he believes in his shots, believes in his ability, is going to take more chances early on in the fight. And I think that those shots, when they do land for Thurman, are going to be a lot flashier than what Barros is going to land. It's going to look look a lot cleaner. It's going to be... Um, look like have more impact right than what Barros is going to land because Barros lands more tight things I think in the middle rounds when Thurman kind of loses his legs a little bit he's going to feel tiredness going to maybe be a little surprised that Barros is still there with him I think that's when Barros is going to have a success he's going to start pushing Thurman back and Thurman's not going to have the legs to set up the timing and make Barros pay when he comes forward I think that's where Barros will have a lot of success in the fight and I think this is going to be a very important part where Thurman locks in and says okay I'll bite down to take this, the second half of this fight to finish this fight strong to secure my decision or to get the stoppage and that's what we're going to find out about Thurman it's going to be this middle part of this fight whether he's going to wilt or not to the pressure that Barros is going to put on now in my mind I think that he will bite down he will show that he's going to do whatever it takes to win this fight that he does want Terrence Crawford he does want Earl Spence he does want those fights going forward and he's going to bite down and it's going to be a competitive fight but I think that Thurman will just take enough more chances right just being creative enough and shots will just look more impressive right they'll just land a lot cleaner than what Barros's work will do and I think that Barros in, in the middle rounds will, you know probably will be tentative early in the fight I think that he'll probably get landed on and maybe hurt early and then that will kind of open him up to being like okay I'm, I'm in a fight. Um, can't play safe. I got to get on this guy. He's going to land, so I might as well. He's punching me. I might as well start punching him. The middle rounds, and then Thurman pulls it out late to take a decision. Now, it may not be the most impressive win. It may be a lot more competitive than people are guessing. And I see there is people that are picking Barrios to win this fight. I see where that, that mindset is from. Like I said, I even think I make make a case for how that is possible in this fight, but I think Keith Thurman's going to be able to pull it out. I do think that the questions going forward will be like Terrence Crawford. I don't think he's going to look like he could compete with Terrence Crawford or Earl Spence at this point in his career. I don't think that's what's going to happen. And maybe 
to be fair, I don't think there maybe there was a point where he could compete with Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence at any point of his career. But I think especially coming out of this one, I don't think it's going to do the sale job that it needs to do f- to build those fights. Now, because Keith Thurman is a name and he can talk, maybe there will always be a selling point for him and Terrence Crawford or him for Earl Spence. But I don't think there will be a lot of believers that he could at, le- at least win those fights. Now, if he goes in there and he smokes Barrios, right? He just, Barrios doesn't stand a chance. The power's too much, the speed's too much, the timing's too much. Then you, you start building some exciting things, some exciting outcomes that could possibly come. All right. But I've seen this happen before, right? He's given me this example before. I kind of know what, I feel like I kind of know what's going to, what it's going to look like. I am curious what the thing to watch out is. Mario Barros was dropped with a body shot last fight. Keith Thurman's been hurt to the body twice in his career. I think that the body work is still there. Uh, as far as Keith Thurman, like if he's coming forward, say Barros starts to come out to box, moves backwards, and wants uh, Thurman to come forward to him. Thurman's not the best coming forward. He really isn't. And when he comes forward, he does a lot of filler shots, a lot of pokes you to look to dig you to the body. I think Barros could have success if he can get set moving backwards not really his game um Burroughs is a good counter puncher so like I said if he could get Thurman going forward it's not Thurman's best spot also thing to be aware is Thurman squares up and when he does jump when he does either like jump backwards and looks to counter a combo off of you or catch you he squares up and he can't really move out of the, that position and he can't he definitely can't move backwards out of it so if Burroughs can who is a decent counterpuncher, especially with his left uppercut or his straight right, can kind of push Thurman from there because Thurman will fall straight back. And if, like I said, Thurman isn't as sharp as it once was, it'll be even worse than when he is sharp because even when he is sharp, he could fall straight back. But when he isn't sharp, I mean, he'll, he, he will stumble back. I Barros could take advantage of that. I think everybody's watching this fight to see what Keith Thurman looks like. I think at one point we're just going to settle in that this is just going to be a good competitive fight. And I think that it's going to see those key things, right? With Thurman, when he squares up, will Barrios be able to make a pay when he's in that bad position? Or will Barrios do the mistake that he kind of has where he kind of just closes up his guard, kind of like drops to the right side, and doesn't make him pay? Because Keith Thurman will do that too. If you start working on Keith Thurman and he gets his leg stuck, he's just kind of kind of eat it on his guard whose body's going to hold up right whose body shots will be more effective and will Barrows be able to you know hold up in the later rounds of this fight because he couldn't against Tank Davis also another interesting point about this fight is that it is kind of a measuring stick fight before Keith Thurman and Tank Davis and I know people probably don't think it's realistic but Tank Davis going to 147 especially if Keith Thurman doesn't look so great coming out of this fight, right? Say this fight looks competitive. Tank Davis, like I said, if you maybe you can't buy that Keith Thurman could beat Terrence Crawford, and you can't buy that he'll beat uh, Earl Spence. Maybe the fight then the the selling point is like, okay, well then, what if Tank wants one forty seven to fight Keith Thurman? He can't beat these guys, but surely he'd be, you know, at least considerably, you know, the odds would be a little more even if you have. Javante Davis was moving from 135 to 147 to fight him. So this, there are some interesting outcomes that could be at the end of this fight. And it could all just end with Keith Thurman just saying, I'm done. I'm, I don't want to fight no more. 
for those all those storylines I just gave you, for all those outcomes the way they could play out, it's it's a it's it really is a must watch fight. The undercard is pretty good. You got Leo Santa Cruz. Yes, he's in a tune up, but the guy he's fighting, he he likes to come forward. Leo Santa Cruz is pretty much a, t- a, a pressure fighter. It should be entertaining for however long it lasts, and in, hopefully Leo doesn't just go around in it. Hopefully Leo's there to prove a point. You have a uh, Neri versus Castro, which is, should be a war. Now there's questions where whether Neri's going to make weight tomorrow. Hopefully he can make weight. Hopefully he can get at least get close to the weight, and then we could still get this fight going forward. You have Jesus Ramos fighting the guy that just beat J Rock. Jesus Ramos is you know one of the up and coming guys at 154, top prospect. It's a fun watch. I I like the card. The next fight I want to talk about is not on this card. This is a DAZN card. This is going to be Carlos Cuadras versus Jesse Bam Rodriguez. And Bam is moving up from 108 to 115 pounds. To me, and I, people might get mad about this, 108 to 115 to 108 to you know 116, 17, wherever the other weight classes are, or 118, I'm sorry, 108 to 118, that's just one weight class for me. I want to bunch all those together. I don't even see him moving up. I just think he's fighting a guy close to his weight. And you get those weights and they're all separated by like two or three pounds. You don't need to do all that. Jesse Bam Rodriguez is moving up from prospect to title contender, right? That's the move up that's really most important here is he's moving up from prospect to title contender against Carlos Quadras, who's as experienced as they come, especially at flyweight. And has fought Chocolito, has fought... Estrada has fought uh, Sor uh, Romvasai, and he's come up short. Except against Sor Romvasai, right? But maybe it wasn't Sor Romvasai that beat Chocolatito, right? Not that same level of guy. Maybe something clicked that made him better at that point. But he has a win over him, and he's supposed to fight him this weekend. But Romvasai test positive for COVID, so now Inner Bamarries, who's looking to put himself in the you know picture with. Chocolatito with Estrada with the same thing that Julio Cesar Martinez is going to be doing against Chocolatito. And don't forget the anyway just a few pounds above that, right? With Donaire and um, Casimero. So there's some names here, right? And Jesse Bam Rodriguez, who was, you know, considered one of the top prospects. Uh, some people thought, you know, maybe prospect of the year last year or going to be prospect of the year this year, is looking to enter his name in that. And it, this is the right fight to do it, right? Because Quadras doesn't necessarily have that big win, but he's been competitive in those fights. He has shown to belong at that at that table. And if Jesse can run through him, well, then that shows that he's kicking down the he's kicking the door down to get in with these guys. And does this fight have some similarity to Lomachenko going to fight Salido in his second pro fight, right? Is there, uh, you know, experience, right? Crafty veteran. Is he going to have that to where he can surpass the skill level and ability of what Bam has? Carlos Quadras, who likes to move around the ring, right? Throws, um, he moves around the ring and then bounces in when you're not expecting and throws combinations, likes the uppercut combinations. Uh, he's constantly jabs, throw, jabs to throw you off his rhythm, jabs to get himself on rhythm. And when you got Jesse Bam, who some of the most talented legs you will ever see in boxing, right? And he pressures you with movement. He pressures you with angles. Um, and 
he's a his legs are constantly working they're constantly balanced and he switches sides to find openings for his punches he's got a beautiful offense he's got a pretty damn good defense a tight guard he's a good upper body movement and a, and a good jab and he and he's southpaw so he's going to come in here and let's see if carlos quadros can control the jab because i think he's have a hard time if jesse is determined on jabbing in this fight i think he would win that part now the part of Carlos Quadras moving around the ring can he walk Jesse into some things right can he walk him into some tricks can he frustrate him also okay I didn't want to talk about him moving up in weight but he was fighting 108 110 pounds now he's fighting at 115 is that going to make a difference with his power right or especially he's fighting a guy at this level where you know like I explained with Keith Thurman when he got to a certain level the power kind of wasn't the power that it was earlier in his career so is his power gonna mean the same when he's fighting an experienced guy like Carlos Quadras who's been in there with Chocolatito this is the young guy looking to make a huge splash in the weight division and this is a guy in BAM that could be an absolute star in the lower weights a guy you don't get you know you don't get that often is a star in the lower weight classes but it could just be you know biting off more than he could chew and with Quadras who has never really been able like I said to get that big win but has been in these fights this could be the win that he needs to be like okay this is it I'm ready I'm focused I'm gonna make my run against Estrada who he fought last year and did get stopped but was a great fight it's always a great fight with Quadras he doesn't disappoint and Bam has a style that doesn't seem like it's going to disappoint either. This is a great fight, great matchup. And let's see if Bam can kick the door in, right? And where let's see if Quadras is just, still top, a top guy who's now focused on making his final run. Great fight, excellent fight, should be watched by all. The next fight I want to see is a UFC card, right? And the UFC has a great matchup. And a lot of, you know, UFC uh, just had Nagano versus Gone. That what a great fight, right? Even before they had Qatar versus Chika Giga. This is called Giga. But he had, and that was a great fight, right? Great matchup. This is another great matchup with Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson. And, um, Hermanson. And it's one of those fights where you know where the guy wants to be. You know that Sean Strickland wants to keep it standing. He wants to make it a boxing fight. And you know Jack wants to get this to the ground. And the thing that makes it even more interesting is that Jack is a more of a Greco-Roman wrestler. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean he's going to be diving a double leg into uh, um, Sean Strickland's legs. That's not really his style of wrestling. His style of wrestling is getting on the inside, getting a body lock, and starting to chain wrestle, right, to get him down. And uses uses um, grip strength to get a lock on Sean Strickland, get a hold of his body, control him, and pull him down to the ground. Now, when you have that kind of style, it is kind of hard when you're facing uh, a good striker, and especially a striker that punches straight down the middle, because you have to walk through those shots. You're going to have to walk through some big shots. You might have to take some chances that to get on the inside, something you may not recover from, right? So what is Jack going to use to get on the inside? Now, I know Jack is not the best striker in the world, and he's not even really a good striker or even an average striker. I think he's a below-average striker. But he will go leg kicks, and I think Sean Strickland could be susceptible to leg kicks. He's real flat-legged, real straight-legged. Now, Sean Strickland's going to apply pressure, but he's got to be very careful that he doesn't, you know, 
Shawshankle isn't exactly a range keeper. He's kind of like, he stays in range and kind of just applies pressure to you and looks to break you down with a good number of shots coming uh, coming at you, especially a, a decent jab. Actually, a jab that he doesn't have a lot of tails for, right? It's kind of hard to see where his jab's coming from or when he's going to let it go. But staying in range with Jack uh, Hermanson is not the best idea for Strickland. And if you go back to look at Strickland when he was fought at Welterweight and he ran to a guy named Usman, the wrestling Usman kind of allowed Usman to pressure Sean Strickland with his uh, stand-up as well because he was so afraid of getting taken down. So you see that there, he is susceptible to being taken down. Now, the thing about Usman is Usman was getting to his legs. And like I said, Jackson start from the upper body and then try to maybe, you know, work to his legs or take him down from his upper body. I think Jackson take a lot of shots in this fight. And it's just going to be whether he can withstand them to the point to where he can get Sean Strickland up against the gate or get a body lock on him to pull him down to the ground. Now, when they get down to the ground, it's not like Strickland is, you know, like lost down there. He's a decent jiu-jitsu game, a decent ground game. But Jack Hermanson, that's what he does. That's why he's in the UFC. He has no stand-up. As I, I told you, he's not a guy that's going to get in there with, like, you know, you're looking to see his kickboxing, you're looking to see his mutar, or just his boxing in general. He's not there. So what does that tell you? It tells you he's high level on the ground. And if this fight goes to the ground, he's going to do high-level things, and he's going to be superior to Sean Strickland. So it's going to be Sean Strickland's job to keep this fight standing. I think the jazz is really important for Sean Strickland. Because he's going to apply pressure, but he also needs to keep a range. And you can apply pressure with the jab, causing Jack to move backwards, and also not letting him jump in. Now, I do believe that Jack will get, eventually, if he withstands the damage in the first two rounds, will get the fight, you know, at least to the cage, right? John Strickland isn't uh, going to be able to avoid uh, a clinch or grappling at all in this fight. I don't imagine so. So I think in the third and fourth round, he probably will get into the cage. I think that Strickland's going to defend against the cage. and might lose a round just because of control. But I imagine the energy and damage taken by Jack in the fifth round, I think Sean Strickland's going to up the pressure because he has pretty good cardio. And the way he fights, he's very confident. It's like, you know, sometimes guys have really good cardio and they can up the... Uh, even if the pace is like this at, at, at the high point or the pace isn't, uh, you know, needs to be explosive. The fight's just, they could, the cards will be good no matter what the fight looks like. With Sean Strickland, his cardio is good, but I think it has a lot to do with, because what he does in the cage, he's very comfortable doing, right? He fights in a style that he's very comfortable in. It, it doesn't allow for like mentally for him to think like I'm using a lot of energy, right? No, he's, he fights this way. Like I see him when he spars, he spars exactly the way he fights. And it's not even necessarily that he's, like, in amazing shape, which I'm sure he is. But it's just because he's... There's guys, right, when they go... Say they haven't boxed in a while, right? They go to the gym and they go and spar. They could still go and spar 10 rounds. It's because they've been doing it forever. And he's going to fight within a style that he knows his body is comfortable with doing, right? Even mentally, it doesn't break up because, like, I've done this so much times or that I know that mentally I'm not going to defeat myself cardio wise and that's what Jack it's what Sean Strickland does he's he's very comfortable in the style it's not going to cause mental fatigue on him um physical physical fatigue he knows how to use this style to where it can go for five rounds so I think in the fifth round he's going to 
be where he was in the first. And he's going to start applying pressure and letting the combos go. And those shots are going to mean more. And I don't think Jack's going to have the... I don't think he's going to be able to withstand the shots the later in the fight as this fight goes on. And I think the fifth round, he will... Sean Strickland will get the stoppage in this fight. You have to be very aware, too, that Sean Strickland can easily get himself, like, a title shot off of this win. Just because that Adesanya is now getting to the point where he's going to have to start doing rematches, especially if Brunson beats Cannonier, right? And who else is up there? Vittori. He's already fighting Robert Whitaker. So Sean Strickland, will, who Hermansa, I believe, is uh, number six in the rankings, if not number five, now Strickland is going to enter that picture. And just because Adesanya has kind of beaten these guys, and it's going to be hard to sell uh, Brunson versus Adesanya as a pay-per-view main event. Sean Strickland, too, is kind of getting attention because he's, you know, s- says some wild things and people think it's charming. You know what I mean? If, we, if you really believe what you're saying, it's like, you know, sometimes people do things that are wrong, right, or are against the law, but they truly don't believe they are in the wrong. And they will get away with those things. Or people will let it slide because the just the fact that they truly believe in themselves when they do it. Sean Strickland does truly believe he's not saying anything wrong. And people are, are like reposting him like, oh, look, he's so hilarious. And like, you know, he'll call a reporter like, you know, he's got a gay haircut. And if anyone else did that, they, they, they'd be pretty much, uh, you know, canceled and screwed. But Sean Strickland doesn't, everybody just laughs. It's just because he doesn't believe he's wrong. So he says it in has no fear saying it. it doesn't it doesn't you know like doesn't feel because he doesn't feel like he's saying something wrong people just sit comfortably and i take it it's very weird but i think it's very interesting to see how far the, this guy can go with the things he said because this is a guy that said that he would like to murder someone he said i would like to kill someone on the street he said i was looking for it for a long time he's also said that he said the n-word he's also said that he's been a racist he's been a, a skinhead i mean his high school years I'm not saying that he should be cancelled what I'm saying is he's saying some pretty controversial things and nothing has happened to him and you know the UFC is on ESPN and Disney and I'm just kind of watching and just seeing it play out but it also allows for the hype to build on him and if he wins this fight this is like I said a top 6 guy when the top 5 guys you're kind of trying to you're kind of recycling some now the of course the what's the um the counter for uh, for Jack in this fight, and it, it, it's pressure. It's pressure, and using uh, you know Strickland doesn't have the best legs, and it's not like he's gonna you know be moving around the cage the whole time. You'll be able to get to him. Now I think that Jack's gonna have to find some way to strike his way into the grappling part of this portion of this fight. But once you get a hold of him, don't let go. And once you get on top of him, I think just, I think if Jack could get him down and, and get on top of him, I mean, to me, I think it's just the beginning of the end because I just think the level of Jack is his grappling. And the fact that I've seen Sean Strickland when he gets taken down, he is not comfortable with it. And especially a guy like Usman, who, you know, Usman is also one of the best fighters in the world. But it, it really diminishes his his striking from that point when he got up. Because he was still tender because he didn't want to get taken down again. If Jack can take Strickland down with ease, I think the Strickland could be reminded of that, what what the uh, Usman felt like. And could start looking panicky and start looking 
unsure of his striking because he's afraid of the takedown. I can see that very much happening. And don't be, and that wouldn't be bad for Jack either to put his start putting his name in the title picture of a guy that hasn't fought Adesanya, and Adesanya who, you know, did struggle with uh, when he went to light heavyweight, right? With the with the takedowns, that was the reason why he lost the fight. He really didn't have an answer for it, and Jack. That's what Jack does, right? So, definitely UFC is going to be start looking for new, fresh names and opponents for Adesanya. And I think that the winner of this fight is putting himself in a beautiful position to get a title shot. To me, you have to watch this fight, especially if you want to understand the title picture at middleweight. Because I think one of these guys could be very well be in a main event soon. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the S-Ra Podcast. Also, check out Broadway Joel. That's J O E L on YouTube. I just did his po- I just did his podcast. Second time I've been on his podcast. We have a good conversation. It goes about two hours. If you listen to my podcast, you know that's a long running podcast because I go about thirty minutes max, forty minutes. This is two hours, and honestly, there's no like break in between. We're just talking the whole two hours. We're filling that in with some, you know, opinions, some knowledge, some, you know, some hot takes, some. You know, news and all these things. Just experience of, you know, what, what, what our experiences are in the fight game. All those things. And, you know, why we fall in love with this business. Like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe. And I'll be back, to, you know, of course, this weekend to talk about the post fight and break it all down. Peace.